hello, good morning, and welcome to this week's serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name is Kate. Hi, guys. How's it going? Happy New Week, Kate. You're going to say Happy New Year. I was like, no. No, no, we did that. We did that. (laughs) We've been there. We've done that. No, Happy New Week. Happy New Week. And we're actually recording two weeks in a row. Shocker. Yeah, but you guys won't know that, so don't worry about it. It won't impact when this comes out. No, it's more like we'll build them up while we can. Because who knows, Sinead might be stuck in Europe for three weeks at some point. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all fun and games. We take the time where we can. (laughs) So how's your week been, Kate? It's been grand. Yeah? Haven't done anything exciting. Yeah, you did. We went out on Saturday. We had a great time. Oh, right. Yeah, I suppose (laughs) we did. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we did, yeah. Went out for Old Man Breath's birthday. It was fun. It was. It was very, very, very rainy. The weather, lads, has been... I don't know I, I don't know what's going on. It's been storming, and then it's been snowing, and then it's been icy, and then it's been snowing again, and now it was raining, and then it was windy, and then it was raining again. <sighs> it's been colder here than it was the entire time I was in Poland. But sometimes it's really cold in the morning, and then it's like quite warm in the afternoon, and then it's really fucking cold again. And what am I supposed to wear? Welcome to living in Ireland, Kate. Yeah, but like I have to pack for like five days in advance every time I go leave my home. You got to pack for all eventualities at all times. Carry a suitcase with me. <laughs> Not with that attitude. But my my solution to the problem is just bringing like five single layers. Oh so yeah. Like, a t-shirt and a hoodie and a cardigan and my jumper and my scarf. Oh, yeah. And then just depending on how cold it is, depends on which and how many layers I put on. Yeah, just got to build it up. Key, the key is layering. I've been layering leggings under jeans all this week, which, oh, is, which yeah. is a great thing. I'd say that's working out well for you, is it? Yeah, and Little had these like fleecy lined, they say tights, but they don't have feet in them. So they're basically just thin leggings. leggings. <laughs> they refer to them as tights. Um, and they are absolutely glorious because I bought a bunch of thermal wear for when I go to Oslo. I'm very excited about when it When are you all. going to Oslo? In two weeks time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I found out that apparently I might get to do some podcasty stuff to do with work. Oh, which yes, I'm very yes, excited yes. about. So who knew Mickey Waffles would end up being something I can actually do for work. But not Disney related. Just no. the podcasty bit. Just, yeah. Just That's the only linkage here. Recording and <laughs> editing and stuff like that. They didn't turn to Sinead and be like, oh, you really like Disney, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Disney has nothing to do with my job, sadly. But yeah, either way, get to do those few bits, hopefully, in the coming months. So that'll be exciting. But other than that, any other news from you? No? Maybe? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Let me think. Went to view some more houses. Didn't buy any of the houses. I've drunk lots of coffee lately. Oh, okay. I seem to be really on like, I'll have like at least two coffees a day now. Okay. Which I didn't used to be. What's your coffee of choice, Kate? I've moved to a cappuccino. Oh. Yeah, I used to drink a mocha or a maca. I don't like mochas. Too much chocolate. Yeah, I think they're too sweet for me now. Oh. Yeah. Lads, Kate's grown up. So now I got a a cappuccino. Now I got a <laughs> now I get a cappuccino with oat milk and brown sugar. Oh nice. Yeah, or a sweetener. But I don't like white sugar. Fair. Why am I I don't know. If there's if there's like sweetener, I'll have the sweetener. Yeah. But if not, I'll have you brown sugar. You should get sugar. one of the little clicky the ones. Chick ones, yeah. I have the little clicky ones. I know. What wait till you, wait till you go like full adult and you just give up and start getting Americanos. Uh, yeah, I just really think I need the milk in it. Fair. I but I think like but I think like that, that a cappuccino is as far as I can go. But I started having like nearly two a day. Oh yeah, it's expensive habit, Kate. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. 
Tough girls. But I'm so tired. Sad <laughs> <laughs> tired. Um, I don't really have a, a whole lot of news. I was in Poland last week. Poland's lovely. It's cold, but not as cold as here. And don't really have a whole lot of vegetarian options other than beetroot and cottage cheese. So that was unsettling. And Sinead doesn't like either of those things. No, I really, really don't. The thoughts of cottage cheese kind of makes me feel a little unwell. I won't lie. It's just, just texture. Lumpy. Like bubble wrap in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we should probably get on with the news. Okay, to start off the news, we've got some actually exciting news. Woohoo! Um, DLP report this week put out a little bit of a press release on the Frozen Land that's going to be in the Walt Disney Studios 2 extension package. And I quote the tweet. It's time. Have a seat. In brackets, trust me. Grab a drink. We're about to take you on a detailed tour of Arendelle. The upcoming information is the result of a lawful public consultation following the approval of the land's construction permit by the local authorities. Hashtag WDS2. I like that they're like legal. (laughs) They have to. Everything was obtained legally. So first and foremost, the most exciting thing I think that they announced is that the meet and greet location at the Walt Disney Studios Park Frozen Land will be in the Arendelle Castle. The bridge and the gate will be decorative only. However, here's the layout and the 3D rendering for the area. And then it's got uh, pictures of the 3D rendering, which in fairness are pretty shite. Doesn't it kind of look like the Disneyland Resort Castle? Just not, it's obviously taller. Yeah. No, yeah. It's got the same like peakage. Yeah. I, guess. I like it. Yeah. Um, other things to mention are, oh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Basically, there's just a lot of like walking space. In between. So they've given some like um, blueprints and 3D models of stuff. And there's a lot of like walking space in between. Frozen Land will also feature a restaurant at the entrance of the town. A restaurant. Now let's have a look at these blueprints. Just a real hot second there. So the restaurant. Oh, it's all in French. That's annoying. I don't like that on the blueprints, they're lit- it's literally called Frozen Land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't enjoy that. Jeez, the restaurant's huge. Where are you seeing the restaurant? Here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just for reference, because this isn't a visual platform. I literally just showed you a picture of the restaurant blueprint. Because <laughs> I was looking at the ride blueprint. Oh, where's the ride blueprint? Which one's that? Um... It says first look at the attraction show building. Oh, I'll be I'll get to that in a second. Whoa, look at all the green space. Hmm. Frozen Land will feature a ton of green spaces and direct water access. Direct water access? What does that mean? The lake? Yeah, I guess so. Or you have direct access to water. Oh look at the little fountain! There you go. Oh, it looks like the fountain in Arendelle. Do you know what it's I really like? That. All of these coloured facades look exactly like Arendelle. Yeah. Also, final question. Are they going... Well, not final, but final question of this exact picture that I'm looking at. Are they going to be building that mountain... I guess so, yeah. With the, all the snow? Yeah, I would assume so. That's exciting. Um, So they've put in... There are blueprints of the ride attraction. The facade looks very pretty. But it's difficult to tell what it is. So I don't know if it's going to be the same as Frozen Ever After in um Florida. But it's, it's really difficult to see. If you go onto the DLP report Twitter, you can kind of have a look, but there's like an escalator and everything in it. It's very, I'm very confused. Have you found it? Where are you seeing the escalator? If you like, or maybe there's stairs. Oh, that's that escalier. here. That's, 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 I think there's stairs. Escalier. But I'm very confused escalier. as to what kind of a ride this is. But the facade looks very nice. 
Escalier. Staircase. Okay. There's stairs. Yeah, that's very true. Let's see. What do we have here? So scene one. Then, so you've got scene one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so scene one. And then scene two is embarkment. So that's where you get on. Okay. But then where's scene three? I don't know. Because then it, Cause it jumps straight scene to 10. scene nine and ten. Yeah. Interesting. This is all very interesting. There's tons of... And there's the gift shop. <laughs> yeah. There's tons of artwork and blueprints and all that stuff. I'm aware that this is probably not the most interesting thing in the world to listen to. Yeah, but if you guys go back five minutes, pause, go find the blueprints and then listen along and look at with us, then you'll know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the land is expected to open 2023 or 2024 or in DLP's case, potentially 2025. <laughs> 2030. <laughs> Long time away. <laughs> yeah, so lots of questions about a detailed layout for the Frozen Land attraction. Disney was clever and only disclosed the minimum required by law so far. So we have to wait to see a bit longer to know for sure, but see if you can guess from what blueprints they've put out. So that's really interesting. But the fact that, okay, so it goes, so when you look at the attraction, right? So it's like the waiting room, then there's where you get on the ride, then you move to the right to go to scene two to go to scene one and then scene two i presume mm-hmm. but then when you look the thing you you must like loop around back on yeah. yourself it must go in a circle i don't know i'm very intrigued i'm very excited about the fact that we have confirmation that there is a meet and greet area though yeah me too remember we were talking about that what a time that is gonna be oh my god imagine it's a new meet and greet area and they only put olaf in it oh god and it's via line birdie yeah so yeah that's all pretty exciting news um if you guys have any theories or anything like that oh tell us i love a good conspiracy send them on to us the building looks to be quite a lot bigger than the frozen ever after building Mm. thank you ian vanderbrink there you go thank you for your tweet well not to us obviously but like yeah (laughs) go check out the dlp report um twitter page if you want to have a look at the plans yourselves (laughs) sorry just reading that comments on the twitter feed a restaurant that will be closed by 5 p.m and only 30 percent only open 30 percent of the year oh god stop (laughs) moving on and speaking about restaurants so there's been a food increase which is happening on from april 2nd now when we say food increase not capacity we just mean price (laughs) and it's basically most things have gone up two euro for some reason everything seems to have gone up two euro so Breakfast in Santa Fe and Cheyenne is now 21 euro. 21 euro for breakfast. In and your hotel. Like, and the hotel breakfasts are not all that great, I have to say. And that's gone up 2 euro. Sequoia Lodge is 24 euro. Newport Bay and New York will be 28 euro. Disneyland Hotel, 36. 36 pa- euro. For just breakfast. Not, not character in sight, just breakfast. Oh, Plaza Gardens has gone up to 41 euro. Per person. Stop. Which I still think, as far as character meals go, it's your best value for money. Just don't go with just a big group of adults. Pay 36 for a Disneyland hotel or 41 for a character breakfast. Yeah, for an extra five where you can go see six characters <laughs> and get that delicious scrambled egg. I'd say they probably have that scrambled egg in the Disneyland Paris hotel. No, I don't care. It's not the same. Okay, sorry. <laughs> then Auberge de Cidrillion is 49 euro. I'm assuming this is mainly, these all seem breakfasties. Right, okay. Um, half board is 41 euro plus, uh, sorry, these are for meals, I, meal plans, I assume. 41 euro for standard, 
57 euro for plus and premium is 99 euro and that went up a whopping tenner wow yeah for a part that has the worst food imaginable they're oh my really God. pushing their luck with this aren't it, they it is obscene but again, DLP Report, God bless them, have done a full list of the breakdown of increases. So if you go on to the DLP Report blog, they've done a full list of the increases so you can check out. If you were planning to go to any of these places after April 2nd, just double check and be wary that you're probably going to have to pay an extra two euro. So bad. I'm moving on to stuff that's got nothing to do with restaurants. Um, this year during Marvel season of superheroes, guests will get to meet... <clears throat> Captain America, Captain Marvel, Star-Lord, or Gamora. Because <laughs> God forbid we'd let you have both. Spider-Man won't have a meet and greet location, but it's expected he might casually stop by production courtyard. Why? He's going to get mugged. Why? Gonna he get... was one of the best characters. Where are all these meet and greets happening? I'll tell you why they're not happening. Online, Bertie. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. These Marvel meet and greets will not be using the Lime Birdie reservation system. Now, they didn't during last season of the Force, not season of the Force, Marvel season of superheroes. But I mean, if you're not going to have them via Liberty, what's the point? The thing, so there's a whole episode where we discuss Marvel seasons of superheroes. Go back and listen to it. I'll also include a Spotify link in the show notes for it. But the meet and greets... We're fine. It's okay, Sinead. You can, you, you can just, get it out. The meet and greets were fine. Captain America was... Not Captain America. Captain Marvel was a fucking shit show. Yes. But most of the places that those meet and greets took place aren't open anymore. Correct. So where are these people going? I wonder... Hmm. Where, where are these characters going? I was going to say maybe they'll put them in the theatre, but I suppose they're going to have that show again. Yeah. So it won't be there. No. Captain Marvel... Not Captain Marvel. Captain America can still be where Captain America was. Yeah. They might take Olaf out of animation celebration. But that I think that in there. But I think that has to be a line birdie meet and greet because it's such a small space. Oh, this is you know also what I mean? true. Because no, yeah. that's never not been line birdie. That's a good point. And it's like that goes into the summer, so it's kind of like peak time ish. Mm, indeed. Indeed. I wonder will Star Lord or Gamora be down where they do their dancey bit anyway? Maybe. And they'll just be like there. But again, Maybe. that's also an absolute shit show because then you're going to be queuing smacked bang in the middle of the courtyard. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm intrigued. They could also close Stitch's encounter thing and just use that area. Yeah. But that's just a guess and probably not because they don't really like to think ahead. I'm very intrigued to see how this works out. Yeah, considering they actually don't have a lot of space. It's a it's, lot of characters. It's a lot of characters to put with no line birdie. And as we've said before, like DLP is a very character heavy park. It's a very character heavy crowd. People love meeting characters. So where DLP runs into a lot of issues with meet and greets and stuff like that is because they can't effectively manage a line. So when they've shut off everywhere that these meet and greets took place last year and last year they were not without faults. I'm like, how <laughs> on earth are you going to manage it this year? But we'll see. We won't be there, but, but we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> Always watching. <laughs> so next up, we've had an up, some updates to the fast pass grid for the paid fast passes. If you've never been to DLP before, you can get free paper fast passes outside certain attractions. It's very easy to find out on the app what has fast pass, what doesn't. But 
For an additional fee, you can book either a one-time use fast pass where you get a certain bundle of rides or you can also get an ultimate fast pass where you can use it however many times you want on whatever rides have fast pass available. So Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear Laser Blast is currently closed for a refurb and from looking at the schedule for the fast passes, it appears to be reopening in and around August 1st. This is not confirmed. Do not lynch us if you are going on August 1st purely for the sole reason of going on Buzz. We kind of guarantee it'll be open. Never, but... ever, never does Disneyland Paris confirm anything. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, But in the meantime, where you would normally have a fast pass for this, do you know what they've replaced it with? Flying carpets in over Agrabah, which makes me laugh. Because the two are not, do not equate. Also, the fast pass is never open. No, because it's never, I've never in my life have I seen flying carpets be more than 15 minutes ever 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 even when we were there around Halloween and it was jammed and it was still only 15 minutes (laughs) also sorry this is totally off topic but it's popped into my head I was on one of those Disneyland Paris Facebook groups and somebody posted a picture of their child's legs which were horrifically bruised from going on cars oh no yeah and I was like oh damn she was like, has this happened to anybody else? Where was children? she sitting? I don't know. How tall was she? She's, I don't know whether it was a case of maybe the man was strapped in with the kids. Oh. So they were kind of like, because as we've spoken about before, the restraints in cars are quite small. They have improved them. Yes. But they're still quite small. But the actual vehicle is still tiny. <laughs> yeah. I was having a bad time. Also, sorry, just a story, a thing that popped into my head when you talked about how hilarious it was that they swapped buzz for flying carpets. There was a bunch of people on Instagram this week who had fast passes booked for um, Smuggler's Run and then got notifications that their fast pass were no longer valid and they'd been changed to Ariel. That is not the same thing. <laughs> that's not even a role. Like the new like premiere attraction and then a show that's been around since the 80s. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, they were just like, can they do this? And everyone was like, yep. <laughs> I wonder why. Or like, your your fast pass for Smuggler's Run has uh, is no longer available. We've given you a fast pass for a barnstormer. Like, I mean, that's literally like being like, ah, you wanted to go on flight of passage. Now we've given you, a, we've given you a, a fast pass for a triceratops spin. Yeah, I assume they like stupidly overbooked their own fast passes or something. Yeah, but people were like, this is the only fast pass I have for it for my entire holiday, and now they've just said I can't have it. Oh my god, what a nightmare! I'd be, I'd be on I, guest services and oh, be like, yo, yeah. this ain't happening. I'm paying a lot of money to come for a week. <laughs> I'm getting on the Millennium Falcon. Horrific. Horrific. Speaking of things that aren't necessarily horrific. (laughs) (laughs) These segues are getting more and more stretched. Um, This past week in Disneyland Paris has been so light that they haven't been using Line Birdie in Teen Studio. Amazing. You've just been able to walk up and meet Woody and Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and Buzz and whoever is there when you pass. Weird. So all those families that walk by with the kids and the buggies, because it's always kids and buggies, and are like, we'd like to join the queue, and the cast members are just like, do you have a reservation? They're like, no. And they're like, well, then no. How do I get a reservation? We're fully booked. Yeah. Um, Okay. And proceed to say no more information. Yeah. It's been so quiet that you don't have to do that. You just rock up, and you're like, hey, I'd like to join the queue, and they're like, sure. How exciting. I mean... It must make the cast members' lives a lot easier. Not that I think they make lives. Oh, yeah, not, not that I think they give a shit anyway. But. No, but still. <laughs> still. Next up, 
The next Disneyland Paris annual pass holder event is taking place on March 13th and it is Disneyland Park Adventures, the thing where they're not letting characters have meet and greets. I'm so excited to see people cry. Well, now it's sold out. So unless you've got your tickets, you won't be going. But for a sold out event, I am very, very intrigued Mm. to see how this all works out. I still really like the artwork for it. I think the artwork for it is beautiful. But... But I'm I still think intrigued. the actual theming is really weak. It doesn't really make any sense. And also there's going to be absolute freaking carnage. Yep. But we get to watch that from the safety of Twitter. And something else that we saw on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. From DF Report. In-app purchases of same-day park tickets are now available in the Disneyland Paris app as opposed to redirecting to the website starting February 17th. We need so much more, but that's a start. I mean, it means that people that are just buying those one tickets, they don't have to queue up and make the guest relations queue so much longer. The only thing I would be curious about is if they will have a cast member or if they will have signs saying that people can book them through the app. You would Mm. hope that they would, but who knows? Yeah. Hopefully we can start our AP in the app soon or something actually useful like that. The shade! Oh, snap. But I like how the app just used to redirect you to the website page. Like how freaking useless like yeah anywho nightmare we have had some information about sequoia lodge and it's getting a lovely little facelift I love sequoia lodge. finally it deserves everything it gets so from mid-february 2020 february 17th to be very exact disney sequoia lodge will undergo an extensive facade renovation work will start with the lodges before moving on to the main building hotel operations and reservations will not be impacted and the project will last over two years until june 2022 so they're not refurbing the rooms they're just making it look pretty i feel like two years is a long time to just do the outside of it i'm like i know it's like big enough and they've got the cabins and stuff on the outside but two years seems like a very also, long time lads you just need to go in and change get rid of the carpet and add some extra plugs that's all you need to do to the actual rooms. Yeah, I was... Rest yeah, of grand. I don't know why you'd put money into the facade rather than giving the actual rooms a bit of a pizzazz. Yeah, me neither. But we we, we love Sequoia Lodge. Sequoia Lodge is bay. Do you know who else loves Sequoia Lodge? <laughs> oh my God. St. Patrick himself. <laughs> Good elf Rick. So Disneyland Paris will celebrate St. Patrick's Day on March 17th, as if they'd celebrate on any other day, with a live band in Times Square... A show featuring 14 <coughs> tap dancers. Tap dancers. Tap Not dancers. Irish dancers. Tap dancers. With Mickey and Minnie in traditional costumes on the Videopolis stage, free makeup workshops, and an Irish pre-show before Disney Illuminations. How exciting. What's an Irish pre-show? Like, lots of drinking? It's on... You can look it up on YouTube. Is it like pre-drinks, but a show? No. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's basically... they project a whole load of shamrocks and stuff onto the castle and play a bit of dilly eye <laughs> and yeah it's all green so green what else would you need when you're talking about the irish it's it's just it's so green absolutely none that's all we are <laughs> so next up moving over to disneyland resort we've had some pictures come out from the new magic happens parade which is getting released on to the, the 27th or the 28th of March. I can't remember exactly. But we've seen Mickey Mouse's float, which is actually very pretty. 20th of March or February? March. Okay. No, February. Okay. 27th or 28th of February. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, It's given me real Disneyland Paris 20th anniversary 
magic everywhere vibes. Except I really like it. It's so pretty. It's a little. It's a little nineties tacky. But I but think no, it, that's going to work. But with in a good way. The vibe of the show, of the show, of the parade. Yeah. So we got to see costumes from the cast members. We got to see Mickey Mouse's costume, which is inspired by it's the same silhouette as Sorcerer Mickey's outfit, but it's had a whole facelift, 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 and it's very purple and blue and turquoise and teal and with a bit of gold and rose gold. It's very pretty. And as your man said, it's what we think magic looks like on the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Mickey Mouse is going to kick off the parade. He will be the first float. Um, and there's a whole video on the Disney Parks blog YouTube, which I'd recommend watching. It's only like two minutes long, but um, it gives you a bit of the behind the scenes. You get to see Todrick Hall having his little moment in his recording booth. I will say, everything I've seen about this parade in that video, this whole parade is so drag. Oh, yeah. It's the costuming is so drag. The choreography is so drag and I wouldn't actually be surprised if Todrick wasn't involved in that as well because he does all the choreography on Drag you, Race as I, well but I think you can like you can, I think you can see it all it's it's so heckin drag I love it yeah I think you can see Todrick's influence like everywhere yeah even in the costumes it's fab so you can see more in-depth pictures of that if you want to on the Disney Parks blog Twitter or you can go watch that video on YouTube speaking of costumes oh god <laughs> Uh, just gone this week, the two main characters of Pixar's movie Onward, Ian and Barley, have set up a meet and greet in Disney World. Not Lan and Burley. <laughs> so Ian and Barley, uh, <laughs> now I have to say, I do probably agree with everyone else that the actual costume characters are done very well. Yeah. Their arms are extremely limp and lifeless, but it also doesn't look like a Pixar movie, so kind of doesn't matter. They're very trollsy. They are. They're like tall trolls. Yeah. But uh, like neither of these poop glitter, so I don't know if I necessarily care. There's only one troll that poops glitter. I know, but he pooped glitter in the park. <laughs> like he, he literally farted glitter in the park and it was the best thing ever. Oh, absolutely gas. Like how Universal were like, mm, yes, this is what we're going to do. Because Universal aren't Disney. Yeah, and true. they're like, we do everything Disney are too like full of themselves to do. To like yeah. keep themselves oh, yeah. clean and proper. Oh, Universal yeah. are like, yeah, we'll do it. Heck it. <laughs> yeah, so that's everything uh, about, about, about them. Mm. It, it's just interesting. It's, it's fun to see new characters. I like that they are having these characters kind of like ready to go, which is nice. And as we said, these characters, as far as I'm aware anyways, don't spoil anything to do with the movie. <coughs> Frozen 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the final thing that we will touch on with regards to the US parks is they got some heckin' steep ticket increases. We're not going to go into this too much. If you want a more in-depth <laughs> understanding of it, go to the Diz. They've done a full breakdown of it. But I think the high-level thing I was interested in is the Premier Pass... Sorry, the Premier Annual Passport, to give it its entire name, is now $2,119 plus applicable tax. No. So that is, in fairness, that's 365 days a year in both Disney World and Disneyland, 2200 euro. So sorry, $2,200. So expensive. It's so expensive. Like, neither, neither parks are cheap anyways, hence how... Whilst I had planned to visit Disneyland Resort this year, I was just, it was working out astronomically expensive. Like, it's so sad that Disneyland Resort is as expensive as it is. Yeah. 
It's just California was just working out too expensive. So instead, I'm going to Salem and I'm very excited about it. Uh, same difference. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, again, if you want the full breakdown, go check out the info. Go check out WW. Uh, I can't check out where. Today. Check out who. Check out what. Go check out WDW info or check out the Diz there. Um, Florida show yesterday they went in a full in-depth conversation about it so yeah I think that's everything for the news except for one thing Sinead what's that you know what today is today's Wednesday what? no you ruined it but today is Wednesday no Sinead what's today sorry we'll do it again <laughs> so I think that's all for the news except for one thing Sinead what's that you know what today is today's Tuesday you know what that means Special guest Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week it is. And we also have one because we're a week behind. So whatever the other one is, we'll put on the Instagram. Who's the special guest today, Sinead? Oh my God, please stop shouting. <laughs> <laughs> it was Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde. I didn't realise I was shouting until I looked at the screen. <laughs> oh my God. I feel, it's like moments like this that I feel like we're Ben and Mikey. And I'm just Mikey trying to calm you down. <laughs> Did you listen to, there was an episode not that long ago. And it, he like shouted. And Mikey was like, it hurt my ears. So I wanted to see how much it hurt the computer. (laughs) Yep. That's us. So yeah, Judy and Nick, I feel like they're quite regular guests are Tuesdays, but I feel like it's still special enough because they're never seen in the parks. So I'm happy with it. I approve. Agreed. I approve this (laughs) pre-parade. Okay, so moving on with our Fantasyland thing. Extravaganza. That's the one. Aren't you guys proud of us that we're actually getting moving on? Sticking to it. <laughs> this is our third this is our third one. We're like actually moving moving on in the world. Yay! This week we've decided to do one of the more subdued attractions in Disneyland Paris in Fantasyland, and that is Alice's Curious Labyrinth. It's the it's the most unique one to Ooh, DLP. Unique is a word that can describe this yeah. attraction for, for certain. Yeah. It, 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 I would say it's... I mean, it is one of a kind. I know there's something similar in another park, but it's still pretty one of a kind. It is one of a kind in itself. Yeah. yeah. And it is the OG. Mm-hmm. It did come before the other one. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But to begin with, allow me to read the small synopsis of Alice's Curious Labyrinth from the Disneyland Paris webpage. Arius Curious... Al- Arius? What? <laughs> Alice's Curious Labyrinth following the footsteps of Alice. Can you make it to the Queen of Hearts Castle? Embark on a fantastical voyage into the White Rabbit's Hole and out the other side, be it Tulji Wood and doors of various sizes. <laughs> I can't, that was too funny. <laughs> we'll be back after this short message. We do apologise for that. We are... We are adult podcasters and we will pull ourselves together. Oh, we are ultra professionals. And we will... We will, we will We'll carry on. Off you go, Kate. Encounter famous magical creatures, decipher conflicting signage. Conflicting signage? Who writes these? <laughs> That's so unmagical. <laughs> Meet the Cheshire Cat and take on the Queen of Hearts daunting maze where card soldiers pop up to a scream of off with their heads. This is awfully written. And once you've made it to Sleeping Beauty Castle intact, enjoy your reward. Sleeping Beauty Castle? What? This is... No, you don't reach Sleeping Beauty's castle. You meet... What? I'm a beautiful so view of Fantasyland and Alice's Curious Labyrinth. Oh, that's the Queen of Hearts castle. Yeah. Ah, Disneyland, Paris. Oh, dear. Ye- like, are we supposed to be emailing them every week and telling them how crap and, like, 
Do I need to ring them again? And be like, sorry, a Sleeping Beauty's castle? They should start paying us for this. Honestly. Why we are we proofreading their website? We could write this better. Oh, absolutely. This is awful. Oh, Lord. No one wants to go down the white rabbit hole. Let's talk about accessibility, shall we? <laughs> yeah, it's everyone. <laughs> so we'll move on to the logistics. So wheelchair accessible must be accompanied by an able-bodied person over 15. Wheelchair users must transfer into the attraction vehicle. We still don't understand what this means. Alone or with assistance. And they must be accompanied by a 15-year-old able-bodied person. I mean, we understand what transferring <laughs> to a vehicle means. But we don't know where you do that in this. In this. But anyways. Suitable for guests who have difficulty standing. It's a lot of walking. Mm. It's a lot of walking. I'm nowhere ready to sit down. No. Authorization to ride the attraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Depends on the type of limb atrophy. Oh, oh, she said it. Woo! Oh, she said it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you took your that voice. you have, <laughs> and you can get a full list of these at City Hall, Donald Desk, Studio Services, and the Central Reservations Office. Suitable for guests with a learning disability, autism, behavioral disorder, or mental health disorder. Must be accompanied by an able bodied person over the age of 15. Suitable for visually impaired guests. I, I wouldn't say. Oh, no, suitable for blind guests, but they must be accompanied with an able bodied adult. <laughs> Guide and assistance doggos allowed. My favourite thing to read. Suitable for hearing impaired guests. Suitable for expectant mothers. And suitable for guests with a debilitating illness or temporary physical impairment. Service animals permitted with caution. And then down the bottom it just says supervised children at all time. Children under the age of seven must be accompanied by an adult. And to enter the labyrinth is wheelchair accessible. Only the castle, and they have castle in quotes for some untold reason, section is... Not a real castle. (laughs) So only the castle section is not wheelchair accessible, tight doorway. The fact that they've just left it as tight doorway. It's got nothing to do with the stairs. No, no, no. It's just the tight doorway. Just the tight doorway. If the doorway was larger, by all means, shoot your wheelchair up it. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. And we digress. Alice's Curious Labyrinth is a hedge mage attraction at the Disneyland Paris Park. Oh, wait. Yeah. It opened in 1992 with the park and belongs to the British part of Fantasyland. Okay. What's well, the British part? Oh, because Peter Pan. I yeah. never thought of that. There you go. Interesting. A similar maze attraction based on both the 1951 and 2010 Disney film... Adam- 2020? 2010. Disney film adaptations of Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland exists at Shanghai Disneyland Park. How exciting. Woohoo. The only annoying thing about the head mage is that it doesn't have any exciting like things in it because it's a it's a walking attraction. So I can't tell you guys like what kind of coaster it runs on or if it's like constantly moving or what kind of um stuff it uses or how it's engineered, because it's just your feet. <laughs> Fair. If anything super exciting, close to the maze is a recreation of the tea party of the March Hare and the Hatter known as March Hare Refreshments. Guests can have drinks near the Hare's house. Like in Walt Disney World and in Tokyo Disneyland, the Dormouse can be seen popping his head out of a large teapot and the March Hare, although absent, can be seen on the side of the doorway. The attraction Mad Hatter's Teacups is located close to this house as well. Back in April 1992, when the park opened, March Hare Refreshments sold on birthday cakes, Gâteau du Non Anniversaire, for 19 French francs each. Jeez, that is old. French Franks, wow. Remember that. Franks, not really, to be honest. There you go. 1992, I wasn't alive, so no. I was, I was Juan. <laughs> I wasn't even one, I was nearly one. Alice's Curious Labyrinth also appears in the well-beloved video game, Epic Mickey. Oh yes, it does, continue. Yeah, so the video game, Epic Mickey, 
features a wonderland area that bears <laughs> that bears everything. <laughs> Do you know what the second one was called? What? Epic Mickey 2. The Power of 2. Uh, <laughs> Ask Breffney. He'll tell you about the, st- the stuff that he did for HMV with it. No, I'm good, thanks. So... <laughs> Features a wonderland area that bears a resemblance to the labyrinth, despite some differences. It can be seen at the beginning and it disappears when there is a hole formed by the thinner while Mickey runs away. Oh, the thinner must be like a character, isn't it? Oh, okay. The real world reason that the level didn't appear was that during 2010, the 2010 film, so the Tim Burton remake, was running... And the game designer, Warren Spector, did not want gamers who didn't see the 1951 version to get confused. Would you get confused? I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) So, probably. (laughs) Okay. It's very interesting how, like, they decide not to put things in games because of other things that are... I I think, like, I really find it interesting that he put that much interest in being, like... But if they haven't seen the 1951 version, they'll, they just won't know what's going on. Yeah, which is bizarre. Teddy was also bizarre. What? The version of this that's in Shanghai. So, one of the, the, to be honest, there's not that much to say about the maze, apart from that it's there. Um, we'll talk about, like, our own personal opinions on it when we've done talking about this. But, like, logistic-wise, it's just a maze. It's, it's just your box standard walkthrough attraction. Yeah, with the castle at the end that you can try and walk up if you are of a smaller diameter than the stairs. <laughs> but they're really tight stairs. They like, are. I, like I, I see kids struggling to walk up them. So we'll quickly just move on to the Alice in Wonderland maze that's actually in Shanghai Disneyland because it's quite funky. And also I think their description is better. Hatters and rabbits and cats. Oh my. Oh yeah, it's already better. Oh yeah. Um, join the Mad Hatter, Cheshire Cat, and a fantastical cast of characters as you disappear down the rabbit hole. Now that is what the Disneyland Paris one should have said. Yeah. Inspired by Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, this enchanted adventure surrounds you with huge blooms, giant hedges, and hidden delights around every corner. Enter the maze through one of three doors, each providing a different route into the dreamlike landscape where Alice and her pals await. Wow, there's loads of them. I probably shouldn't read all of them. It's quite long. So, with regards to the DLP one, so it is a labyrinth. The hedge maze is themed around scenes and characters from the Disney 1951 feature, Alice in Wonderland. It comprises two sections, the first one with some of Alice's adventures prior to meeting the Queen of Hearts, and then the second is based on Alice's encounters with the Queen, who had a similar labyrinth in the film. The goal of the maze is to reach the Queen of Hearts castle, where one can obtain an aerial view of Fantasyland. Sorry where one can obtain an aerial view of the Fantasyland section of the park. One can exit the maze prior to entering the second area, and the maze's route is similar to the shape of the body of the Cheshire Cat, with a semi-floral recreation of the character's face adjacent to the attraction. All right, Siri. I didn't call you. <laughs> then you have Tulji Wood. The first and easiest part of the labyrinth focuses on Alice's journey through Wonderland. It starts with guests entering the White Rabbit's Hole. Why? Why? (laughs) Why have they written it this way? Down the rabbit hole. That's what we're looking for here. (laughs) And arriving in a wood featuring strange animals, doors of various sizes. Oh, for instance, some can only be opened by children. Actually, that's quite an interesting thank you for that. And several signs with conflicting directions. Guests then walk under fountains which spray streams of water over their heads. 
Then they discover the caterpillar's mushroom lair and see the caterpillar smoking his hookah while it says quotes from the movie. Finally, guests enter the caucus race led by the dodo bird as they circle him with animals as the movie presents that scene. The first part of the labyrinth ends up here with a small Cheshire cat walk maze and the scene of card soldiers painting the white roses red. And then we get to the Queen of Hearts maze. This is the second and tougher part of the labyrinth. It represents the Queen's maze as long as Alice's encounter with her. Yep. As guests wander through it, the Queen or her card soldiers pop up from time to time while she screams her famous, off with their heads. Or in French, it's like, something la tête. <laughs> exactly. The Queen's castle stands at the centre of the maze. Guests reach it in the end and can therefore go on top of it. Go on top of it. You can go up a staircase and go out onto a balcony. You cannot get up on top of it. <laughs> Where they are given a sight of Fantasyland. A slide used to be a feature of one side of the castle for children to go down without the stairs, but it was removed due to safety reasons during the park's opening year. Oh, that's sad. I would have loved a slide going down it. Why do people always ruin fun? I actually think that that slide is still there. There's just a gate. Yeah, probably. And I actually think that slide is extremely dangerous. Probably. There's like no railing or anything. Yeah. Like why they thought that was an okay thing to do, I have no idea. Because DLP are nuts. They're just a bit gas, aren't they? Exactly. So Kate. Yeah. What's your thoughts, feelings, experience of Alice's Curious Labyrinth? Oh, I really hate it, to be honest. Like, okay. I just don't enjoy it. I know that probably when the park opened it was great yeah and it was a cool thing to have and it ate up a lot of people because you can have a lot of people in it at once but now it's outdated it's broken it's shabby it's dull the paint's always bad nothing's ever working the castle thing is always overcrowded People don't read the up and down staircases, so you've got Spanish children running into your knees and then swearing at you in Spanish because they took the wrong stairs. I just, I don't enjoy it. I wish they would cut their losses, take it out, and use it to put something better. Okay. That is my opinion on it. And I know for a certain, because when I went with Ed on our trip, he loves mazes. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, yeah, mazes are cool. And he was like, let's go. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You've never been on it. On it? See? You've never through been it. through it. But he was like, it's a bit of crap maze, isn't it? Like, it's not even like it's a good maze, I think is the issue as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my opinion on it. What about you? I've, I've only done it once. I did it on my very first trip, which would have been 2013, early 2013, I think. Um, and I've not done it since purely because I just don't think it's made for our age group. Mm. I think oh, it's very much made and designed for kids and it's somewhere the kids can just run around. It's contained and they can just kind of go around. The views that you can get from the castle are very nice, but much like Kate said, you do kind of take your life in your hands going up there. And you can get much nicer views from up on top of Sleeping Beauty Castle. So would recommend doing that. I... I'm kind of torn about it because it is, I feel like, a, a real DLP staple. Like, it's something that is quite unique to the DLP fantasy land. But it's also something that I never do. I never do it. Out of everything in fantasy land, it's the one thing that I never go near. Because even when we... Because once you've done it, you've done it, I think. It's yeah. Like, it's not even like Peter Pan's Flight where you've done it, you've done it. Because it's still enjoyable every time. Yeah. 
But um, the I don't maze, know. Maze, not so much. There's there's a there's a lot of walking that you do on a Disney holiday, and I don't feel like I need to do the extra steps in and around Alice's Curious Labyrinth because I would either rather walk around it the whole way around it and go get a Mickey waffle, or even further around it and go on Casey Junior or the Little Boats. Yeah. This I would I would much rather do any of those three things. Also, March Hare Refreshments is shockingly bad. The service is bad, but that's DLP as a whole. I've never got a bad thing out of March Hare Refreshments. Yeah, but it's in like... No, 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 absolutely. But it's in such like a bad location as well. Oh, yeah. It proper like... the queue just spills out into the path. Yeah. And there's only ever one person working in it. Yeah. But I think that's more to do with DLP's food and beverage as a whole mm-hmm. and the logistical nightmare that is DLP's food and beverage so when we were there at Halloween we were getting the little donut balls and hot chocolates and that must have taken us half an hour 40 minutes yeah absolutely and it was people just kept cutting in front of us like all we were getting were three little cones of little dough balls and three hot chocolates three hot chocolates like but there was only one girl working there and the queue was massive and she did not care Oh no. Which is fair. I probably wouldn't either. No. But like, there's not caring, and then there's also like having pace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, she just didn't have either of those things. Yeah. What are you giving it out of five? Uh, one, because it exists. Okay. I don't know. I'm thinking either a 1.5 or a two. Okay. You're obviously less harsh than me. Mm, which is shocking. <laughs> I don't mess around when it comes to attractions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go with a 1.5. Okay. I think it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of maintenance. Um, it is a people eater, so it's good in that respect. There's times where you'll actually see a bloody queue outside. Yeah. Which yeah. is madness. And that's you know, you need to leave the park and go back to your yeah, hotel you and need, go for a nap. You need to go home then. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to give it a 1.5. It's not something I actively do. But I don't know if I necessarily feel like they should take it out of the park. If it's something that eats up a lot of people and eats up a lot of families and I don't want to go on it, then that's fine. Y'all yeah, can have it. This is true. That's a fair point. Y'all can take it. You can run around like headless chickens. Go for it. So where are you ranking it within the three attractions that we've done so far? Down the bottom. Yeah. So it's going to go Peter pa- It's going to go Small World, Peter Pan's Flight, Alice's Labyrinth. Yeah. We're going to see start keeping track of this yeah because we'll forget because three is fine but as soon as we get to like six i'm gone yeah then then it starts getting a little testy i can't count that high (laughs) oh dear so yeah that's pretty much everything for alice's curious labyrinth what do you guys think of it let us know on instagram at mickey waffles pod So, it has got to that part of the podcast where we do recommendations. What's your recommendation this week, Kate? Can I do True Crime Obsessed? Oh, yeah. I feel like this is going to be like a long recommendation. My recommendation is True Crime Obsessed because it's fantastic. If you have never listened to True Crime Obsessed and you enjoy true crime podcasts, I really don't know what you're doing with your life. Not even true crime podcasts. If you enjoy any form of true crime... Yeah. It's blooming amazing. It's the so guys good. who do it are hilarious. Like I I just think even if you're not really in the only thing that would put me off recommending it to someone who's not even in true crime is if like they're a little bit squeamish. So if yeah. like if you're not really like if you're not really not into like hearing about people 
people being murdered, which yeah. is a lot of true crime, then okay, maybe it's really not the podcast for you if you got PTSD or whatever, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you are in any way a fan of comedy, yeah. even that alone, you should 100% listen to these guys. Yeah. They are so funny. Like, their opinions, the voices they do everything the podcast is structured in such a good way that they'll like put in clips of what they're talking about which i always really appreciate so like they'll talk about like let's let's say they're let's say they're talking about um a netflix documentary of something yeah which just before you go on they don't a lot of true crime podcasts pick cases so they'll pick like ted bundy or something like that and they'll pick a particular serial killer or an event or whatever it is and they'll talk about that they do it off documentaries and movies and stuff like that. They don't just pick a topic out of the sky. Oh, yeah, fair, They fair will point. watch a documentary or a series or a movie or whatever it is and they'll kind of give you a full review of that. So they're also critiquing the documentary making and other stuff around that. Yeah, and that's really interesting as well because a lot of the time they talk about how a lot of them are biased towards one side of it. And they oft they often give like pretty balanced views. Oh, big time! And like, okay, this documentary was actually super biased to the defendant. Yeah. But in reality, this is what happened. And sometimes they have like their own little like facts on it and stuff, which yeah. is extremely interesting. Yeah, because I was listening to the one from this week, and this particular documentary. Oh, uh, I think it's without charity or something like that. It's called. I haven't seen the documentary, so I didn't really know a whole lot about it. But it's made by the girl Charity. It's made by her best friend's husband. So it's incredibly biased towards her. Um, and about her plea, plight and all this kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. But one thing that I they really focused on was the fact that... So the premise behind it was she drove into a rough neighborhood looking for weed. She found these like four guys, these four black guys, which there is a reason why I'm saying that. So... She gets chatting to them. She wants to buy weed off them. She tells them, oh, I have this really rich ex-boyfriend. I can like give you all the details and you can go rob his family because they're super rich. So she gives them like codes to unset alarms. Like, oh, if the gates open, it's okay. You can go in, blah, blah, blah. It ends up with three people getting murdered. Wow. Because of the information that she's given them to go to this house. Mm -hmm. So that was her part that she played in it. She gave them the access to go to this house. Then the four guys went, three of them didn't shoot anybody or anything like that. And one guy did. And one guy has totally held up his hands and said, I'm entirely to blame for this. She's out. She got out on a technicality because she was interviewed for an hour longer than she should have been by the police. So she completely lost her 100 plus year sentence. He was on death row, now has a life sentence. And the three other guys who, all they're really, like they didn't kill anybody they also, I mean, don't get me wrong, they didn't help the scenario. Three people still ended up dead. But the thing that Gillian and Patrick are saying, like, this guy has said he is taking full blame for it. He was entirely responsible to it. She's out laughing. And these three other men that have done nothing are still sitting in prison. And that's what they were focusing on. Right, yeah. And they're very about the injustices of things and highlighting that people of colour don't get as fair a shout as and white people do. And there are so many true crime documentaries about that. Yeah so many and it's outrageous yeah but it's super interesting would highly recommend i'm also signed up to their patreon and if anything i'd nearly i listen to their patreon shows more than i listen to their kind of regular shows because their patreon ones are documentaries you've probably heard of making a murderer staircase evil genius 
OJ Simpson. They just did Don't Fuck With Cats, which I was so grateful for because I'm never going to watch Don't Fuck With Cats because I just don't think I could. No, same. Also, just to add on to that, if any, if for anything, you guys should go onto their Patreon to listen to them talk about The Staircase because, oh my God, it is so funny. <laughs> Even like, just for what? the Patty... The Patty Peterson impression yeah, is the best thing like, ever. What happened was not funny. The poor woman died. And so did the other woman. <laughs> but anywho, it's so funny. Yeah. And it's something that I've, I'm aware we're droning on about this podcast, but we just both love it so much. But it's something that people have kind of called them out on before. Like, oh, you shouldn't be laughing at these tragic things that are happening. And they're like, we are not laughing. We are not laughing the slightest. Like, they are very much about say the victim's name, like give the victims justice. Yeah. If there is an injustice in it, they are the first people to call that out. But the characters surrounding them. Yes. Yeah. That's what they're laughing at. (laughs) Not the murders. But yeah. Highly, highly, highly cannot recommend enough True Crime Obsessed. It is amazing. It it is absolutely amazing. And what's your recommendation, right? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, I'm going to throw a really, really kind of oddball one out there and it's a podcast called fat chat pod Mm -hmm. and it's by three women in the uk one of them is a blogger one of them is a is a fashion model she does a lot of work for the likes of lady v london hell bunny lindy bop all that kind of stuff oh all the faves all the faves um and then there is an editor of a plus size magazine called slink magazine and there's only six or seven episodes i think But it's basically, it's three larger women discussing life being a larger woman. Mm -hmm. So every week they have, because your one Rifki does, she's an editor of a fashion magazine, she gives fashion recommendations. So like these things are really in in style at the minute. This is where you can find good versions of it that fit a wider range of sizes, stuff like that. But they just talk about like dealing with family, going to the gym, dating, all that kind of stuff. And... Even if you are not a larger person, I highly recommend listening to it because it you might not be larger yourself, but you might have a friend within your friend group that is larger and you being able to talk to them and understand where their mindset might be mm-hmm. is really helpful and it'll help you be a better ally. So it's a really weird one to throw out there, <laughs> but would highly recommend. It's really, really good. It's also produced really well. Excellent. So yeah. Okay. I think that's it. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, me too. I'm so tired. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening as always, guys. We really appreciate it. And check us out on Instagram at MikaBuffalsPod. And you guys know the drill. Share, like, subscribe. Give us a rating on iTunes. Sure. Someone left us a review. Someone in the UK left us a review saying how amazing we were, but only gave us two stars and I was very sad. What? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Why would you do that? So leave us some nice ratings on Apple Podcasts if you use Apple Podcasts because I really appreciate it. We, we, we both really appreciate it but Kate doesn't have an iPhone so she can't see them because I'm a better person okay bye guys rude <laughs>